Welcome to the Innovate for Impact podcast. This podcast is for leaders in the social sector like you who want to make a difference. Each episode is packed with practical ideas on how you can be more innovative and create an even bigger social impact. We share our ideas on what you can do and also speak to leaders from the sector to share best practice. So let's get into it and let's talk impact. Hey, welcome back to the Innovate for Impact podcast. You've got Tracy and Dan, and today we want to talk to you all about journey mapping and I guess the benefits that that can provide to your organization when you get to look at things through the lens of your client. But before we kick off, we also wanted to have a bit of a chat about our podcast and ways that I guess our listeners can start to interact with us. We've got people all over the world that are listening and we really appreciate everybody that does listen in every week to our podcast. We see the numbers, but we'd really like to get to know the people on the other side. So we've set up an email address, which is podcast at impactoconsulting.com.au. And we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to have this a bit more of a two-way conversation. We'd really like to know who is listening, who are these people all over Australia and all over the world? What sort of roles are you in? What are you getting out of the podcast? If you've got ideas for some people that we should speak to and have on the show as guests, even if you think you should be someone that we should speak to, like, let us know. Yeah, anything like that, I think would be really helpful. Even any feedback on how you think we could make the show better. So yeah, that is podcast at impactoconsulting.com.au. We'll put a link to that in the show notes as well to make that um, a little bit easier for you as well. But yeah, send anything through. We'd love just to see what's going on. And even if you have a question or anything like that, yeah, send it through. It'll be awesome. Also open to good memes. So, you know, if you don't have any uh, feedback for us and you didn't want to share much about yourself, but you did want to, you know, send us through a meme that you found amusing, please feel welcome to. We, we love to see that as well. Absolutely. All right. So journey mapping, let's talk about it. Yeah. So I think one of the things that is really interesting about journey mapping is that it gives you that opportunity to have a look at your organization from your client's perspective. And what's interesting is that so often we're so used to how our organization works, I guess, from our own perspective, that there are things that we don't necessarily see or things that don't necessarily work for our clients that we're just oblivious to because it's not a way that we interact regularly. And so often when we're, you know, doing journey mapping with with clients, there's always something that's really small, that's a quick fix, that is creating an issue that if the organisation knew about it earlier, they'd just be like, oh, well, we could fix that in a second. (laughs) And what's so so fascinating to me is just that every time we do this with an organisation, there's something in there from as small as a padlock that's missing from a screen to all sorts of things. And it's, it's, it's endlessly fascinating, but it's also really exciting, I think, because it's good to know that those opportunities exist and that you can get some really good wins on the board that really do make a positive difference from your client without necessarily having to go to a huge amount of expense and a huge amount of time. Yeah, that's true. To help people visualise what it looks like, picture the entire journey sort of drawn out on one document. What we will quite often do is look at who are the different types of people that interact with your service so that you've got a bit of an idea of those avatars or personas that will be using your services. 
And then what you'd usually have as well is like, what are the different steps that they're going through and the different ways that they're interacting with your organization, but from their perspective. And this is probably one of the most important things that people get wrong is they, they create a process map. It's not a process map. It's not the same thing. It's a journey map. A process map is from your side, right? A journey map is from their side. And so what we're looking at is they don't see all the back office work you're doing. They just see the letter that gets sent to them or the, or the outcome of what that, that work is done. So you don't need to include all of that in the journey. It's more so that you know, the client has this interaction, then they get a letter then whatever happens that they just this is the stuff that they're saying seeing only and what that allows you to do when you map that whole journey out all the way through the different stages of working with your organization usually through to some sort of an exit point if there is one but then what you'll be able to do as well is alongside that journey map out at the specific stages what are the pain points and also what are the moments that matter that people you know you really need to get right and when you have all of this data, what it allows you to do is, is see your entire service offering and the way you provide your client experience from a strategic bird's eye view. And it's so, so powerful to see it from that perspective. Because like Tracy said before, what will happen is you've created these services over some time. Maybe you've never looked at it from a strategic view. They just sort of happen. And you always find something that is just a surprise that you're like, ah. Oh, I never thought of it from that perspective. I never thought that that would actually be the way that that would work. And yeah, you just get to make some really good decisions then based off seeing it from that perspective, but also seeing it from that client's perspective too, that, well, this is we've designed this thinking it from our perspective, not from their perspective often. And so when you do look at it from there, you can go, well, that doesn't make sense. Why do we send them seven letters in that month? You know, that seems like overkill. I would be a bit like, that's strange. So, And I think quite often we have different teams that provide different pieces of that, that service that actually looking at it end to end, you can see how all of those pieces interact and then, you know, understand what that experience in its totality looks like because I'm sure that those seven letters that go out aren't all necessarily sent by the same person because at some point they might go, oh, hang on, this seems a bit a bit heavy, um, but if you've got seven different teams all sending out a letter that could easily all be combined into one, that's where you know you get that real power from actually seeing what it looks like in a linear fashion versus you know from those different silos and segments. I think another benefit that journey mapping has is when we come into work with an organisation, it's 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 really not often that they don't have enough data to understand some of their issues with the, the, that they have with their clients, like some of their opportunities that they could address. It's often that they're not able to sort of pull that data together into a way that they can understand it. That's often the, the challenge. So I think a journey, that's, this is another thing that a journey map can do for you is that it allows you to sort of pull in all these different data points, whether it be from frontline feedback, whether it's from your complaints, whether it's from reasons people are no longer wanting to use your services, all these different data points and put them into one spot to tell one story or it's probably several stories because you've probably got multiple different types of clients and they might have different experiences because they've got different needs if that makes sense but it allows you to have one place to focus this and just sort of see a whole service or you know a part of your organization's service offering in one place and that's just like i've said before really really powerful for you as a as a leader because it really helps you make decisions and also i think as well we talk about like the balcony and the dance floor 
I'm sure everybody that's done any type of leadership training in the last 20 years has heard this analogy before. You know, obviously the balcony being the strategic view, you can see everything within the in the, the area. On the dance floor, though, it's kind of chaotic. You can only kind of see what's around you, right? So it's the difference between strategic and sort of operational. When you're on that dance floor and when you're in that moment, it's it's really hard to sort of make sense and sort of prioritize what you should be doing next with your client experience. So when you're out there speaking with people, working in the business, working in the organization, all these sort of complaints and these sorts of things coming in, they all sort of sound, sound equally like they need your attention. So some of your leaders might actually just be trying to put out spot fires. When you do take it up to this strategic level, it really becomes clear for you as well, where do you best spend your energy? Because you'll see certain areas that might be a huge pain point and a moment that matters and you go, that's where we've got to focus our efforts right now. Absolutely. And the way that people experience a service is that, you know, they don't necessarily remember every little detail. There's usually one area that has a big impact, usually the piece that, you know, has the highest level of emotion. And then there's also, you know, I guess the last thing that happens because that's just sort of how people remember things. So even just understanding, you know, what is that moment that matters? What is that that highest level of emotion? And if that's a negative emotion, what can you do around that? And then also, like, how does that interaction end? Because that's the piece that clients walk away with and and retain most. So is there something that you can do at that end piece that will make a significant difference? There's a really good case study and uh, it's certainly been adopted by many other organisations and that's talking about the experience of donating blood. What they were finding was that people would sign up and they would donate blood and, you know, it would be difficult to get them to come back again. And when they actually mapped out that journey, what they got to see was that, you know, when people signed up, they would sign up and they would, you know, be very focused on the fact that they were getting to make a difference and that that they were having a real impact. But then, you know, there was this sort of piece in the middle where they were actually donating blood and there was a needle and, you know, the actual process wasn't quite as cheery. And that was kind of where that interaction ended. So if anyone here has donated blood recently, what you probably are finding now is that after that experience, you know, you're being sent some form of communication, which is actually giving you a reminder of why you originally signed up because it's telling you the impact that your donation is having. So here in Australia, what they'll send you you is usually something along the lines of, you know, your blood is on the way to X hospital and it will be used for this and this. In the Netherlands, this original piece of work, they actually got really specific and said, look, your blood's going to be given to this person and it wouldn't, you know, give their full details, but it would be, you know, ex-patient, this is a, you know, a mum of two small children, and it would really plug people back into why they donated in the first place. And that's the kind of power you can have understanding the experience at that strategic level. It gives you a really powerful way to make a positive impact. Another thing that we have on journey maps often is what we call like an emotional line. So I guess you could, if you kind of picture on the map that we were talking about before, you've kind of got the experience, sorry, the different steps that the client goes through. Under that would then usually have these sort of three lines running the entire length of that journey and having sort of like a a sad face on the bottom one, a sort of neutral face on the middle one, and then a happy face on the top one. And we sort of run this sort of like a big worm line all the way through and they correlate to the different steps of the journey. And what that allows you to do is sort of just going off 
further what Tracy was just talking about before, is it allows you to look at and go, here's the points where people are like, wow, really happy, things are going good. And you see that thing drop off and you just kind of go, wow, let's take our eyes there and understand that. And then usually you can then go down to the pain point and go, ah, that's why that's happening. And so again, it just gives you that really easy way for you to sort of focus your attention on something that would usually be quite complex, but make it really easy for you to sort of do that. Sometimes as well, we talked before about having multiple personas or avatars, and these are the representation of the different types of people that may use your service. And what we'll often do is, is map their emotional lines on a different color so that you can kind of see that, you know, not everybody has the same journey. And for certain people, this may just be a pain point, but for others, it's not a pain point and things like that too. So there's a lot of really great ways you can do this to make this really complex information in the real world seem really simple and easy to digest for your people. Yeah. And I think that's actually what's great about it is that it does give you the ability to help people understand where their energy has the most impact and helps you then to prioritize initiatives because everybody is busy and everybody has those competing demands for both their attention but also all types of other resources. So this is a great place to start off because it gives you that sort of viewpoint that allows you then to be able to prioritize those initiatives and obviously if you're working on the initiatives that have the biggest impact that's where you get the best amount of value out of the resources that you're investing and if you can then use that to align the organization and everybody is putting their resources around the things that have the biggest impact well then that's obviously what's really going to make a big difference for your clients that's where they're going to actually be able to see that difference and you're going to be able to facilitate them making the changes in their life that's you know what we're all really here to do are you looking for innovative ways for your organization to deliver more impact Take our online assessment and receive a customised report in your inbox that highlights exactly what to do next. It takes only five minutes to fill out and it's completely free. Visit impactoconsulting.com.au slash self-assessment. So how do people do this? Yeah, so I think the first thing is actually understanding what those steps are. And the best way to do that is to speak to your clients and actually get them to tell you the story of the interactions that they have with your organisation because it's very easy to slip into start as journey map, end as process map because we all understand the steps that we take and we all understand what needs to happen within our organisation. So it's very important to get as much information as you can from your clients because that will then mean that you're actually doing this from the client's perspective and it will be a true client journey map as opposed to yet process mapping. Yeah, it's a good point. Speaking to people that have maybe recently used the particular service that you're trying to understand is a good starting point, like Tracy said, but making sure that you're getting a good mix of people that maybe did have a good experience, but also people that potentially may not have had a good experience. Because what you're trying to look here for is both. You want to try to get a good understanding of the real experience, not all one or the other. You know, we've seen organizations, the leaders in organizations in the past go and just make this like worst case scenario journey map and they haven't put any of the great things that they're doing in there. It's also really important to have those because you need to not change those. (laughs) That's what can happen if you don't do it. That's the trap. Or the opposite, we've had leaders go, oh, you know, 
this is going to be shown to the board or this is going to, I don't know, be used some way. We've got to make this look good. Don't do it if that's what you're thinking. It's a waste of your time, right? Don't be as blunt as that. <laughs> don't worry about it. It's ticking a box, right? We're not up for ticking a box here. I mean, look, it's your time. You can do what you want, but uh, our recommendation is just don't worry about it. Do something else. Yeah, so you want to get a good understanding. How we normally do that, and obviously we're speaking very generally here because I know we've got lots of different listeners from all sorts of different areas in the sector. But generally speaking, you want to sort of understand, all right, who might be the different service users? Maybe you can work that down to might be three or four of them. You want a good representation from all of them and you want people that have successfully completed the journey and people who haven't successfully completed the journey. So you might be able to get some data to sort of say like, oh, well, we've got a bunch of people that we sort of noticed that have, um, you know, they didn't decide to go with us for their service. You might say there's a bunch of people that have dropped out using our service halfway through. And that's why it's really important to get their insights too, because you're going to then get start to get some insight into why some of these people are dropping out, why some of these people aren't taking that service, but also for that, maybe this other group, you might find some commonalities around, well, why did they take your service? And you could sort of understand that if you had all that data, you'd then be able to make some really good decisions and maybe build some hypotheses around some things that you could try and do things and differently. But yeah, like Tracy said, it's really simple. We could send you an interview guide or something like that, but we can make it simpler than that. Just sit back and listen and just ask this one question. Tell me the story of what it was like. Take me through all the steps of what it was like dealing with us. And that'll pretty much give you 95% of the information that you need. And then you can just sort of ask some questions from there. Another little pro tip here on this one, don't lead people with your questioning too. So like, you know, don't ask them questions like, so what'd you think about that? Was it, was it all right? You know, that is a, it's a leading question. You're going to get what you want to hear, right? What you really want to ask them is like, how did that make you feel? How was that? You know, just ask very neutral questions as you're going through this. And frame up at the start as well before you do get into this that it's not about giving you right or wrong answers. It's just that you want the truth from them. You just want them to be as honest as possible. Help them to feel safe by building that bit of rapport and you'll get some really good data to put in your journey map. That's the most powerful thing, isn't it? You know, we get quality information when we ask quality questions. And I think the other thing that is really important is whilst we don't want to interrupt people when they're talking and we don't want to add our own experiences to their conversation because that that can lead them, but also just to make sure that they can, you know, get those visual cues, et cetera, that they know that you're listening but you're giving them space to talk because quite often if people don't feel like you're listening, they'll cut that conversation conversation short and if people feel like you're really hearing what you're saying so often they'll be just incredibly generous with their information there hasn't been a time yet where I've had repeated conversations with clients that hasn't provided some level of gold like there's always something that your clients are experiencing that's new and that's wonderful information to be able to have because that really does lead to you being able to make a bigger impact Yeah. And so from those same interviews that we just spoke about, you should then be able to pull out how the emotion is. So if you're asking people how they felt at different stages of that story, and you can probably pull it out from their tone and things like that as well, just make note of that. And then you should be able to sort of bring all that information together and start to draw those sort of emotional lines. And then also those pain points and those areas that really mattered to people should also come out in those stories. And you just want to basically find what are those commonalities once you've got all that data, sort of synthesize that through... I guess, looking at it all and sort of seeing if there's commonalities in the data and then displaying that on that map under those different areas. It's a very basic way of doing it. Uh, We're always happy to talk to people about more detail. You've got a specific scenario. We've done a lot of these, but they can really be used for all sorts of things. Like we've done these 
for services. It's a lot of the time it's services, but even for like an onboarding process, um, it can be really helpful. Also, they can be used for um, fundraising, like we a lot of donor journey mapping. We've done that sort of work before too. It's a very, very versatile tool once you do learn how to sort of put them together or get you know somebody to help you put them together. They are a really, really useful and versatile tool for you to have in your toolbox. And I think that's a that's a really good segue because you sort of talk about them being a useful tool to have in your toolbox. But as with all tools, if they stay in your toolbox, they don't necessarily help a great deal. So I've been involved in organisations that have done lots of fantastic work putting together really high quality journey maps and then printed them out and given them to all leaders. And those leaders then went and stuck them on the wall. And then, you know, they were a very high quality print after a while. They, because they were quite heavy, they fell off. And so they'd stick them back on again. They did that three times and eventually they rolled it up and then they put it under their desk. So it's a definite worthwhile investment in creating them, but then you really get your value in using it and the conversations that you have with the people in your organization about, you know, what you're hearing, where do you see that on the map? How does that relate to, you know, the moments of, that matter? Where does that sit in our priorities? All of those conversations are where the real richness of having that data really comes to life. Yeah, that's so true. The other one that we see too is that leaders will create this and then it sits on a shared drive and they're like, we've done a journey map. And it's like, okay, that doesn't actually do anything. It's like getting some reporting. Like reporting doesn't solve any problems. It just sort of tells you where to look and what to do. You have to back that up with some action. We have a program called our Insight to Action program and we use journey mapping a lot as sort of the place to pull all that data together to, to pull out those stories. But then what we do is we, we take all those sort of top pain points, prioritize all of them so that we understand which of them are going to give the organization the best return on investment if they were to put some resources towards fixing them. And then they then have groups of people go in and start working on particular problems, solving them, updating the journey map with the new experience sometime after once the new solution has been implemented. So you can sort of see how there it creates a system, which is what we're always suggesting here. This is how it doesn't get stuck on the wall or put under a desk or stuck in a share drive somewhere and a cloud. This is an example of how you can make sure that you're going to get a return on your investment of, of building these journey maps. Because you know, they can be relatively easy. It depends on what you're trying to build. But we know in this space, any resource, you need to get a return on the spending on the resource, right? So this is the sort of stuff that you need to think through when you're going to create one is, or this is how you're going to operationalize it. This is how you're going to make sure that all this work and resources that you're going to spend on creating this journey map is going to get your organization a better client experience out of you know, doing that work in the first place. The journey map doesn't do that by itself. It's not a silver bullet, but coupled with some good action, fixing those issues that need to be fixed, you're going to get some really, really good benefits for your organization and your clients, more importantly. It's also really helpful in terms of uh, if you're looking to understanding those moments that matter, really filter through into a lot of the other work that, that organizations do. So, you know, if you're looking at evaluating your program, understanding the things that are really important to your clients give you a great place to start. It sort of filters through that information that you get 
for creating your journey map actually can filter through into many other areas. You know, the stories that you hear can be really powerful when they're shared, you know, with the board or, you know, shared more broadly with your employees. So, you know, it gives you some great opportunities for storytelling. So the actual process of creating it also provides foundations for lots of other assets that are really important with the organisation as well. I think also it would help people that sit within potentially non-client-facing roles as well, help them understand the role that they play in the overall client experience too, which I hadn't really thought about before, but I think you could definitely use it as a tool for that too. Mm, Absolutely. So we've talked a lot about journey mapping and the different types of journey maps, the different ways that you can use them, how to create them, the benefits that can exist in other areas of your organisation through the process of creating your journey map. So hopefully we've given you lots of really good information that's very simple for you to get started. We've also got some resources on our website. If people want to actually go in there and have a look at what an example of a journey map could look like, we've got one of those in our website in one of our case studies as well. So we'll add the links in our show notes. So thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, and send us an email. We're really keen to hear from you. And also, if there's some some cool stuff coming through, we'd also love to maybe share some of them uh, live as well. Obviously, we'll ask you for your permission before we do that. But yeah, let's just start turning this into a bit more of a conversation that's two ways rather than us just talking to at you guys every week. So I'll just remind you, it's um, podcast at impactoconsulting.com.au. And like Tracy said before, we'll also put that email address in the show notes for you so that you can do that. But yeah, looking forward to hearing from you all and we'll see you on the next podcast. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Innovate for Impact podcast. Any links to what we spoke about today will be posted in the show notes. If you'd like to know more about social innovation, visit our website where we have a heap of tools to help you on your way. Visit impactoconsulting.com.au. Thanks for listening. Now go out there and make an impact.